which Annie kind of says, no, 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 no. Just because you had a bad result doesn't mean it was a bad decision. And just because you had a good result doesn't necessarily mean it's a good decision. And if you remember this in the book, Caroline, when she would state that the one rule within her decision pod is they could not talk about the outcome of a hand. So they were never allowed to say if they won or lost a hand. Mm-hmm. All they could talk about is how they got to that decision. So they would pick apart the decision, but they never would pick apart the outcome. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required, hosted by LBW. This podcast is intended for free thinkers, entrepreneurs, and knowledge seekers. Join us as we discuss relevant financial topics, explore with guests their financial journeys, and engage with experts in industries such as space, media and entertainment, real estate, and many more. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required. You're with your host, myself, Tim Bickmore, and my colleague, Caroline Kale. Caroline, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Good, good, good. So before we start into our subject today, I just want to let everybody know that if you like our content, you know, subscribing, liking, and sharing it would be fantastic. We're, uh, today for our topic, we're actually going to be talking about LBW's book club. That was created by Caroline. And for the first book that we decided to read was Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. I absolutely love this book. I think everybody on the team hears me talk about this book. And I think it was a great start to uh, LBW's book club. And for today's discussion, we want to hit on just three different topics. Now, we're not going to tell you what those topics are yet because we want to get the audience a little bit engaged in this podcast. Um, But Caroline will be helping leading us through the discussion, similar like she did with her book club, and talking about some of what Annie Duke talks about when trying to think in literal bets. So a little bit of background on the book. Annie Duke uh, was a professional poker player. So she uses poker as an analogy to life and how you can start um, thinking about making decisions. So it's really a decision-making book more than anything else. Um, and so we want to talk on three hot topics that we feel like the group, the team, really kind of hit on. Uh, so Caroline, could you please start us into our first topic? I know you have some questions for the audience. So again, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to su- not surprise them, but give them a little bit of time to think about this. So please, please go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to start it off with a quote that I thought was really impactful in the book. It was towards the beginning, kind of got things going, got me thinking. And it is, take a moment to imagine your best decision in the last year. Now take a moment to imagine your worst decision. I'm willing to bet that your best decision preceded a good result and that your worst decision preceded a bad result. Now, when I read this, I immediately jumped to the results. I thought exactly, I thought immediately about the outcome, not as much about the decision-making process and whether it was a good decision in the moment. I had actually had a conversation with him about this in one of our meetings where he asked me this question, immediately jumped to results. (laughs) I think that that can be said for a lot of people. I don't know how you interpret it, Tim, when you first read this. 
Well, when I first read it, and this is why I ask a lot of our team members this question is because it, it threw me through a loop and I absolutely went to result driven outcomes. Uh, I was like, well, what was my best decision? And I was like, oh, well, when this happened, this was really great. So yeah, that was a good decision. And then Annie kind of forced me to rethink it and be like, well, how did I get to the decision for that outcome? And I so I, I fell into the resulting trap that she talks about is I was really more focused on the benefits or or the not benefits of my decision as being making it a good decision or a bad decision, which Annie kind of says, no, 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 no. Just because you had a bad result doesn't mean it was a bad decision. And just because you had a good result doesn't necessarily mean it's a good decision. Um, so I know you too, Caroline, have like kind of the definition. It sounds like we're talking about resulting. So maybe you can define what resulting is for the audience. Yeah. So resulting is like the tendency to equate the quality of a decision with the quality of its outcome. So immediately someone tells you, think of a good decision, and suddenly you're thinking of something a decision that you made that had a good outcome, not necessarily something that was a good decision for you at the time before knowing what the outcome would be. Yep. And that's, and which is, which is fantastic, like is really interesting. And I think that the reason why a lot of the team brought this certain um, point from Annie, because this is what we do in our profession. So as financial planners, we are helping individuals or households make decisions, both financial or quantitative decisions, like money decisions, but also qualitative decisions. And those decisions have variable outcomes. And I think that what Annie points out in the book is she starts off with a really good example of a Super Bowl. So if anybody has watched the Super Bowl with the uh, New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks, at the end of the, the latest Super Bowl they were in, I can't remember which year it was, Pete Carroll decided not to give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, but to throw, to make a pass really close to the goal line. And that pass was intercepted and they lost the Super Bowl. And everybody came out and reamed Pete Carroll for making the worst decision. However, when looking at it statistically, that was probably an 80-20 bet, meaning 80% of the time that play should work and 20% of that time it should fail. So when you're looking at the probability of it, that's a pretty good odds. I mean, imagine going to the casino, Caroline, and getting an 80-20 chance of winning at a game. You would play that game every time and bet a lot of money on it. Absolutely. Right? But what the world saw is the 20% that it wasn't going to work. And so I think that it really highlighted for the team that decisions have bad outcomes, even though they could be really good decisions, such as Pete Carroll's decision to pass instead of run the football. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's it totally connects with what we do here on a daily basis. Multiple times a day, we're helping people make decisions thinking through decisions ourselves, thinking of different outcomes that are possible, running some numbers, looking at the different things that could happen too, not even just directly because of those decisions, but because of the result of those decisions, things like that. So when it comes to resulting, 
it's kind of something that we really need to think about here constantly, which also kind of leads me into another topic that was discussed in the book, another term, I suppose. Yep. But it's sort of different. It talks about making a decision already having imagined in your head, like you're holding up a newspaper with the headline, we achieved our goal. And then taking a step back and figuring out how you could get there. So this is called backcasting. So imagine you've already achieved the positive outcome and then take a step back and figure out how you got there. And that's another way to think about decision-making. Yes. And I, and I love that too, because it, you know, obviously having the resulting piece, right. is like, okay, so I shouldn't be resulting, but how do I start thinking about understanding what the bet looks like? So like that 80, 20 probability, I think backcasting gives you a framework to be able to start pulling back and kind of creating what the probability of the outcome may be. And if you want to move forward with it, I think also with Caroline saying is I'm going to use Nathaniel uh, first principle logic and say, we could also invert backcasting into what's called pre-mortem, which is another way to think about it. So instead of saying we achieved our goal in the newspaper, you read, we failed. <laughs> it was a big mistake. Oh no, this happened. So how did we fail? Why did we fail? How did we get to that point of failure? And what's really interesting about that for me is that it's not really trying to be like, oh, this is exactly how it's going to work, but it allows you to have a frame of mind to start picking apart some of the decision-making that you may have to make in order to get to death or prosperity, right? Um, Nathaniel always has a nice quote from Charlie Munger where he states, tell me where I died so I never go there, right? Meaning like, I want to know where I die so then I avoid it at all costs. And again, that's you know a very big statement, but it's essentially stating like, how do I figure out how to remove the risks to where I don't want to be, um, which is really interesting to be able to kind of put it into that perception, which for you, Caroline, I would ask like, again, how do we then apply that within our own profession? And how does that then kind of relate back to financial planning? Yeah, I think that both backcasting and premortem can easily be applied to what we do on a day-to-day basis because it helps us think through these larger questions or scenarios, possibilities, and kind of break them down. So for thinking pre-mortem, we're trying to think of, all right, the end goal, we fail. Now, what are some possibilities leading up to that that might be the cause of the failure? And then what can we do to mitigate those risks? Or is this maybe we should change our thinking and think of possible different scenarios that are less likely to end in the failure? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, or or with backcasting. All right, we achieved our goal. We got to retire when we wanted to. Now let's take a step back. What are the steps we can take now to get there? To make those. What are some steps along the way that can help lead us to that end goal? Yes, and how yeah. do we throw that all together? I love it. And I mean, we do think about that and it's, it's every task because I think there's iterative things, right? Where things will change. It's agile, it's positioning. It's trying to make 
put yourself in the position to be successful at all times, recognizing that sometimes it may not work, even though we made a really good decision, right? But being positioned to take on that negative outcome, regardless if it happens or not, because we don't have full control. We just don't, right? There's this information that we don't have access to similar to poker. And that's how she kind of goes ahead and explains that. Now, I am curious, Caroline, that for our next kind of topic that we hit on that I seemed like everybody was really interested in um, is this idea around groupthink. Could mm-hmm. you kind of go into this, the, you know, Annie talks about it within within the book um, about groupthink and, and surrounding yourself with other people to help you understand your decisions. Could you kind of just explain a little bit about what groupthink is and how it can be a positive and how it can be a negative? Yeah, so groupthink is a phenomenon that happens when people within a group have a desire for harmony or conformity, which can result in irrational decision-making. So Annie says in the book, being in a group can improve our decision quality by exploring alternatives and recognizing where our thinking might be biased, but a group can also exacerbate our tendency to confirm what we already believe. So she touches that, yes, sometimes group think or being in a group can be a good thing. Sometimes it isn't. But then this kind of leads into another topic that she brings up of a decision pod. Having a group of people around you that will hold you accountable, that will politely bring up alternative possibilities, maybe things you weren't thinking about before, to kind of push you to be thinking about all the sides of any question in order to come up with the best decision. And, and walk through One thing that I, I think was my favorite parts in the book is uh, when she talked about her own decision pods that she would be a part of. And if you remember this in the book, Caroline, when she would state that the one rule within her decision pod is they could not talk about the outcome of a hand. So they were never allowed to say if they won or lost a hand. Mm-hmm. All they could talk about is how they got to that decision. So they would pick apart the decision, but they never would pick apart the outcome, um, which is interesting, right? That's really hard to do. (laughs) It's, it's fun to know if you, you know, like, so like, what was the hand? Did you win or did you lose? And I believe that she stated that they were not allowed to do that within their own decision pod. What do you think about that? I mean, I think that's a really smart idea to have that that element thrown in there in the decision pod. I think it probably draws out more conversation and more discussion than it would be if we knew. Do you have, do you think you've ever experienced where you would even in like any part of life where you've had a decision pod where someone's like, well, I don't want to know if you won or lost. I just want to know how you made the decision. Honestly, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so either. Right. I don't think that's ever happened. It's probably think- more of the opposite where it's, all right, I want to know what happened. I don't, I don't care how you made your decision. What was your decision and what was the outcome? That's all I care about. Yeah. And then full circle, that's like just promoting that self-perpetuating resulting, right? Like, well, yeah, I won the game and well, and a oh, cool, like that's really, the, it's like, that's what I want to know. No one really wants to know. Like, well, how did you think about the game? When you were paying monopoly, what were you really thinking? How'd you right. make the decision to buy that property and that land and that house? Right. No one ever. And they're like, but I don't care if you won. I just want to know how you thought about it. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe it's that's kind of funny how it's just backwards. Right. And maybe that's what we should be doing now. I think about it like monopoly or risk. We should start asking people about, you know, hey, how did you think about buying that? I don't care if you want a loss. Just tell me, tell me what it is. Uh, change the game up a little bit for gamers. I have played a lot of Monopoly in my lifetime so far, and I have taken multiple different strategies. I've talked to other people and their strategies. I had one friend who would only buy the properties on the more expensive half of the game board. And so <laughs> I used to try to do that. And I don't think I actually ever won when I, when I tried that. Just because it worked for her the one time, I thought, you know, she did it. I didn't ask why. I just thought, yeah, okay, let's which, give it a shot. Which means that you fell into the trap of resulting because she won once and you thought that that was a good decision when you really never evaluated the decision of why she bought those properties on that line specifically, right? Right. And did she win because of cause and effect? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, and the other interesting part about the group think and which is also a lot of discussions like an echo chamber, I think group thinks create echo chambers where it's, again, you're trying to validate your position where you need to find people who will maybe challenge that and challenge the way you think. And I think that sometimes it's hard to find people because you got to find a space where you, there's enough respect and um, space to allow yourself to feel wrong, right? Or to be like, you know what, maybe I'm not thinking about this completely right, or maybe I can take from it. But it's it's difficult uh, to find groups that allow for that type of activity. But when you can find it, I do feel that it is, is extremely powerful and can promote a lot of really good decision-making and really improve your own personal or business decisions um, you know, into the future, which is, which is a really awesome place to do. So taking that idea of like, how do you find, like for our audience, or like, how do you find your own decision pod? I would say that I feel like at LBW, that's one thing that we really provide as a value to our clients is we are kind of a decision pod. We're a little bit of a contrarian thinkers. Carolyn probably knows this quite well now. Now says she's been with us for almost eight months and uh, we, there's a lot of challenging. There's a lot of challenging internally <laughs> sometimes just within our own space where it's like, well, have you thought about it like this or why not that? And um, I think it's important to be able to take that in because then it does drive potentially better outcomes because you are making better decisions. And when I say better outcomes is you're putting yourself in the position to achieve better outcomes. Um, again, you can still have the probability of losing and that is sometimes out of an individual's uh, control. So, it, but it is hard to, to create the space for it. You know, it's, it's a very unique environment to allow uh, that to happen. Everyone has to have kind of a mutual respect and understanding of people's values and, and thought processes. Um, but this is really good. I love, I love it. I mean, honestly, Caroline, to sum up, you have resulting, that was our one topic. So now we get a come full conclusion is think about how you make decisions. Don't think about how, what the result was. Think about why you made a decision. And guess what? Sometimes those decisions may not have a good outcome, even though it was a good decision or vice versa. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes that good decision looks good because you lucked out. Similar to Caroline's example of Monopoly. Then you go back to backcasting and premortem. How do we think about where we want to go? How do we start teasing out these decisions and what is good or not? You have backcasting. And you also have pre-mortem. So I achieved my goal. How in the world did I get there? I failed. How do I avoid that failure? Really does tease out some really good questions to ask yourself. And then lastly, how do you surround yourself with other people 
to make better decisions and only looking at decision-making. It's not always the most sexy, but it can really help. So with that being said, Caroline, I will, I will kind of end the podcast with my own thoughts and I want to let you go since you are the one that was leading this book club, which again, thank you so much for having the idea. It was fantastic. Um, I think last, my, my, my uh, last and final thoughts is Caroline asked a really good question. Who would you refer this book to? My answer to Caroline's question was everybody. Everyone should read this book. It's easy. It's pretty straightforward. And honestly, it made me rethink a lot of things. Two simple questions. What was your best decision? What was your worst decision? If you are answering that with outcome, you should read this book to learn how to make better decisions. It's really that simple. And if I were to take a takeaway from this book that I really like, and I told I told Caroline and the team this, is my my high in the book, my low in the book, and my surprise of the book was life is great. Super exciting, right? My low, life is great. You have no control. <laughs> and then my surprise was that it solidified that life is great. So remember that there is no black and white in decision-making. It's all probability-based. So how do you position yourself to make, to allow yourself to achieve the highest probability when making your decisions? So how can I go from a 50-50 to an 80-20, right? That's what I would kind of leave. Caroline, I'll leave you with the last word. Yeah, Tim. I mean, I completely agree. I would recommend this book to just about anyone. I think it can be applied to various different careers, personal lives for sure, day-to-day decision-making even. I know for me, sometimes I get caught in analysis paralysis with too many options, trying to decide between the two. And I think taking a step back and focusing on the decision-making process, regardless of what the outcome is, helps me sleep at night, knowing that I made the best decision at the time for my situation, holding that some things in the future are uncertain and that's just the way it is. There's things that we don't know that happen. Sometimes we expect things to happen and they don't. And that's just the way life goes. So I think even if you take only one piece away from this book, it's still worth the read in my opinion. Awesome. I think it was a great, great choice for our first book club book. So thank you, Tim, for bringing this one up. It was because of our, our conversation when you asked me the, the outcome question that I decided to pick this one. So, yeah, yeah. I, I am absolutely happy that to, to do it. Um, and just so everybody knows uh, the reason why I think Caroline also brought this book up is I tell everybody that the way that we we've planned, the way that we think about financial planning, a lot of it is geared and modeled after this book. It made me rethink how to approach it in ways that uh, was challenging me. Annie Dukes challenged me on my thought process and she challenged me enough to change how we then think about decision-making, which is 100% of what our job is, is how to help people make better decisions. So that's kind of how we got there. Um, Caroline, thank you for joining me today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for everybody who is listening. Um, as always, we really appreciate the support. And again, uh, if you have a chance to pick up Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke, please do. It is worth the read. Thank you so much. Have a great day. 
Thank you for taking the time to start your journey of thinking differently and listening to LBW talk about stuff they love. Until next time. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual on any specific security, on any specific broker-dealer or custodian. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments, broker-dealer or custodian may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC. Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC unless a client service agreement is in place.